the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everill from the PGA Tour and back after a one-week hiatus to break down the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba. Benny, welcome back. We missed you. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I took a little, little bit of vacation, saw the Northern Lights in Iceland of all places. Ran into like five golf courses, wasn't expecting that. Didn't get to get out and play, but I sense maybe I should push for a travel feature on the Icelandic golf courses in the future. It was a pretty awesome place to visit. So I never would have had it on my list. It was a, given to me as a, as a trip, to, uh, as an idea for a trip, and I just jumped on board, did the driving and whatever else, but it was a great time. Benny, I kid you not, I would say at least 15, maybe even 16, 17 years ago, I had a list of story ideas that I brought to my bosses at the time that include like some, you know, pretty big write-ups on like, hey, here's the idea. Here's how we pull it off. And one of the big ones there was I want to go play golf for 24 hours straight in Iceland during the summer when it stays light out the entire day. I thought it would be an awesome story. I know they have some great looking golf courses there. So I tell you what, you and I hit some winners this week. We pay our way to Iceland. You're coming back with me. And we'll use the money uh, we make this week to uh, go play some golf there. Let's do it, mate. Between that and the, what is it, $1 billion Powerball when we're, we're doing this night on Halloween Eve or Halloween night, that'd be, if I get that, maybe I'll, I'll shout you and take you with me for a trip around the world of golf. I love that idea, by the way. As a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast, proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado, bet $1 on any game. Get $200 for free. As always, we're playing 18 holes. We're making 18 bets. Ben Everell, you're on the tee. Swing away. Straight out of the bat with the absolute outright favorite. <laughs> the win. Oh, look, come on. The, yeah, I know. Look, I'm going to give you my first outright winner, and I'm going to say Scotty Scheffler, and it's a terrible number at the moment, at 900, et cetera, for a course with this much trouble. But look, let me sort of give you – part of my reasoning. Obviously, he's played there twice before. He was 18th, I think, and 4th in his two previous visits. But here's the information that I'm going to give you guys that I've got from sources. The fact that Rory McIlroy took world number one back from him affected mm-hmm. Scotty Scheffler a bit more than you might have thought for someone who's a bit okay. sort of cool, calm, and collected. I'm hearing he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder about not so much that it happened. He obviously knows Rory's a great player, but just how much fanfare there was about it, how much pro-Rory talk there was, and how big Rory McIlroy getting back to number one was for the game, except he's like, oh, hang on a minute. I thought I did a pretty good job there at number one. And so he's got a little point to prove. With that, that's what sort of pushed me into looking at him. Now, look, as I said, this is one of those ones where we talk about maybe wait a little while, see if his number drifts a little, and he's still in contention and, and he's around, you might get a better number. But And the only other little red flag I have is I know that he's, got a big target also on the Houston Open coming up mm. next week or whatever. So he may be keeping a little in reserve for that. But I just thought I should let the listeners know that I've, what I'd heard about this little chip on his shoulder and and uh, maybe that'll fire him up into some good golf. Well, with the second hole, I'm going to go with the complete opposite of your bet. It's not necessarily a <laughs> yes. fade on Scotty Scheffler, but 
I like giving you a long shot. I'm thinking I'm going to go like with a super long shot this week. And so I mentioned David Lingmurth in my preview this week Ooh. as a potential top 40 play. Every once in a while he jumps. But I started looking at it after I wrote Benny. And the truth is, in his last 15 starts, he has one top 40. And that was a win in the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. And so instead of just trying to catch another top 40, we might as well go all or nothing. He's 400 to one in the outright markets. Trust wow. me, I will have other outright plays later in the podcast, guys who have much better numbers to their names. But if I'm giving you a complete long shot, Lingworth is a guy that just every once in a while, he goes four days and plays the best golf of his life. He did it in Muirfield Village a handful of years ago. Like I said, did it in the KFT finals. I don't know, for 400 to one? Not throw the mortgage on it, but I'll throw a couple bucks on that. Why not? I like that. All right, let's 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 keep being uh, apples and oranges here and, and staying uh, the opposites because I'll grade a hole three and I'm going to come in with the guy that probably would have been the guy I would have put in the first hole had I not heard about Scheffler and how his response was. And that's, again, not throwing – I mean, it's an obvious pick out there, but he's won twice in a row here. Hmm. He's a three. To- he's looking for three in a row, Victor Hovland, but I'm looking at him in – first round leader market. This is a ploy that you guys know that I've been looking at for the last few weeks. I see him at 2,200 or so, a first round leader. I think you need him in your outright discussions. He's obviously got very big comfort level on this course, Victor does. And now look, in his wins, he had a 62 and a 63, but they came in the third round each time. So maybe he's not getting off to the strongest start as said. I'm just looking to get Victor in early at a better, better number before I look to see if he's going to push through and go for those three in a row. Other options in the first round leader market I had down for those who want to go somewhere else was Billy Horschel, 3,000. He's had 65 and 64 as openers there in the past, in recent times. If you want a long shot or a couple of long shots in that market, Chris Kirk, 70 to one, had a 64 to open in 20, last year and 63 previous to that, a few years before that. And Garrick Higo, who's showed flashes of good form amongst his terrible golf of late, He's 80 to one, and he had a 63 in his second round last year. So we know he can go low there. So a few few options there on either side of the scale for first round leader. Since you're going first round lead, I, I will move my first round leader play up from the bottom of my list. And I'm, I'm telling you, when I say bottom of the list, not all of my picks are going to be complete long shots this week. Trust me, wade through these and get to the other ones. I, I will have some shorter plays in just a little bit, but I'm looking at first round leaders and I'm looking at a guy who, He's posted a couple of good numbers here. It feels like on shorter courses, every once in a while, Kelly Kraft can go super low. And I know this is coming out of nowhere, but I think he's going to have a good season. I don't know if it's this week, but at 140 to one, very much like the Lingworth play I gave you earlier, I'm going to have some guys with shorter numbers as we get to the meteor part of the podcast. So I want to give you some big numbers to start with. Lingworth, like I said, just a little sprinkle out right at 401. Kraft, first round leader. Look, it's not my five star lock of the play, no doubt about it kind of thing. But at 140 to one, again, you're like, eh, I don't know. Some good players there, but anyone can go shoot a 61, 62 on a Thursday. Why not take a shot on Kraft? Again, uh, just for a long term, I think he has a nice season in him this year. We've seen him perform on the big stage sporadically, like you said. So, Nothing to suggest he can't find that at certain sections. And it would be awesome to see him sort of put in a really consistent high-level season. So good bloke, Kelly. 
fifth hole, I'll just use fifth hole for top fives. I'm going to keep doing the sort of the lower odds bets, I guess. Oh, although there's some value here I've got here, I think. I mentioned a minute ago Billy Horschel as a potential first-round leader. I think he's a, a, a potential value at plus 425 uh, for a top five as well. He's had three top 15s here at Mayakoba. As I said, he's opened low twice before. He's a better player than he ever has been. He's, you know, come off the the President's Cup as well with some confidence. You know, so I could see him contending for sure. And then and a guy who's, you know, around in most people's eyes this week as someone to watch, you can still get 800, I think, for Emiliano Grio uh, to finish top five, four top tens here. Look, he missed the cut last time out, but prior to that, he'd shown a lot of form. And uh, I know that the local uh, Mexican golfers want to do well at Mayco, but all of the Latin golfers all like to play well when they hit outside of the States and into Central and South America. So uh, I, I think Emiliano Grillo is some value there at 800 for a top five. I will be mentioning Emiliano later in the podcast. <laughs> Not going to do it just yet. For the sixth hole, I'm going to get to a guy who, for my top five, oftentimes when you and I mentioned a guy for a top five, hey, that's a nice compliment. I think he can finish top five. He's going to contend this week. When yeah. you mentioned Tony Finau for a top five, I think people often take it as, oh, you think he can't win this week, huh? <laughs> I'm not saying that. In fact, the only reason I don't have Tony a little bit higher is because he's only played the President's Cup since August. His last individual stroke play event was the Tour Championship. Took some time off, but we've seen from Finau, even though he's a big hitter, Plays some of his better golf on shorter golf courses. This one checks in at just over 7,000 yards. This could be a really nice week for Tony. I'm taking him top five at plus 300. Yeah, I know a few people who are looking for Tony to to obviously even win this week. I have no real reason to go against what you said, except that I've just been one of those people who's never really just jumped in on Tony. You know, I've always been one of the hold back people. And uh, even when he won twice in a row, I still was getting burned because I wasn't jumping on board. So... While I'm not on him, I wouldn't suggest to anyone that that means anything other than it's just the way my history has been. So if, if Jason likes him, then you guys should listen to him rather than me on that count. All right, seventh hole. I'm going to go with my top 40 plays here. Now, look, I wasn't here last week, as you know, but as people saw in my picks on pjtour.com in terms of expert picks, etc., the guy I said would win last week, he didn't. He did end up being the first round leader in Bermuda. And I'm going to back up because I see him at plus 220, 220 to be a top 40 is Harrison Endicott, the young Aussie. Now, he was top 10 last week in Bermuda. Got him into this field. But here's what people might not know. Harrison was part of the team with Cam Davis and Curtis Luck, who won the Eisenhower Trophy in 2016 on this golf course. Ooh. Right? So, look. They were absolutely on fire, the, the three of them. over. Look, it was on two courses there, the Iberia Star that's nearby and um, El Chameleon there or whatever at Mycoba. But Harrison, and it, by the way, he was the third best of those three during that time, but played very well. It was up there in the individual standings. Um, and obviously the team won the trophy that year, took out some big names, um, including Americans. I think it might have even been Mad McNeely who was there that year. Um, I'll be able to have a look at that a bit later and, and fill you guys in. But yeah, look, he has history on the course that some might not know about at plus 220 for a top 40 coming off his best performance on tour. Give me that, please. Two guys at plus 175 for top 40 that I think you should have a look at. Austin Eckroat was T12 two years ago in his only previous appearance here. And John Huff, former champion, seven of nine cuts. All of them are top 30, including a win. So seven of nine cuts. 
obviously each and every one of those was inside the top 40 and they're offering plus 175. So I like that. Really smart stuff there, Ben. You first told us about Harrison Endicott before he'd even teed it up for the first time on the PGA Tour this season as a rookie, and he has certainly shown out so far. That's a really good number. I thought I found a good number on a guy for a top 40, and your number is double mine, so I may just tail your bet instead. But for the eighth hole, I've got for a top 40, Lee Hodges, who I've been watching for a while, actually at the Travelers Championship, walked a few rounds uh, with his group and watched him play. I just like the way he manages his game around the golf course. It doesn't look like he's in over his head. It looks like he belongs on this level. And I, I don't know. That's sort of an intangible thing, Benny. I don't know if you see that when you're out on tour, but there are times I just see guys. I've I've said something yeah. similar about Callum Tarrant over the last couple of months that he just looks like he belongs. He doesn't look like probably needs some more seasoning on the KFT or the DP World Tour. He just looks like a guy that, belongs out there i feel the same way about lee hodges doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna go out and win six times this season just means he looks like a guy that should play some good golf maybe a few title contentions this year i've got him for a top 40 at plus 110 but quite honestly you finding endicott at double the number is very enticing as well ninth hole for me is my long shot i like to go into that at the turn uh, i'll give you the uh, the sort of mid-range long shot first at, at 100 to 1, a guy with three top 10s here in the past and a little bit of form of note last week also in Bermuda. Some, a lot of people thought he might win last week and he, he sort of was there or thereabouts, obviously, in Russell Knox. Russell Knox is 100 to 1 again this week. He, he adds a little bit of value if you're looking at someone across the board. But here's a guy that could miss the cut by 10 or could literally win this at 250 to 1. Danny Lee. Yeah. Now, Danny Lee yeah. has been... Erratic at of late, one or two good rounds every tournament, not really holding it together. But he has three top sevens among five top twenty six finishes at this course in in his past. He was in the top ten last last time we're out here at T seven in uh, a year ago. He was second in 2018-19 season. He was third in the fourteen fifteen season back when obviously he was in better form. But my point being, he knows the joint. If he just holds it together for four rounds you could just have jagged yourself a lottery ticket. So have a look at Danny Lee across those longer, longer, uh, you know, make the cut, top 40s, top 20s, et cetera, 250 to one to win it. Unlikely, but definitely doable. So he's one guy I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, I like that play. Uh, that is our front nine holes. And before we get to the back nine, we're going to have a little snack and a beverage at the turn. But as a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's Favorite sportsbook brand, sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game, get $200 for free. We get to the back nine. I am on the tee, and I'm going to start with a little stat here, Benny, on the 10th hole. And that is the fact that we played six events so far in the early season of the fall portion of the PGA Tour schedule. Of the six winners, five of them, have had pre-tournament odds of 30 to 1 or shorter. We have actually an average of 33 to 1, and that's only because Mackenzie Hughes was 100 to 1 prior to winning the Sanderson Farms Championship. What that tells us is that even though we start throwing out all these long shots, and sure, they can certainly hit, we've seen fewer long shots during this part of the schedule this year than we usually do, for whatever that means. Last week, we sat there for... Three days before the Butterfield Bermuda Championship, trying to figure it out. We got the Occam's Razor play, which is essentially (laughs) 
The simplest explanation is sometimes the most correct explanation. The highest ranked player in the field, Seamus Power, went on to win that one. And so I am looking at some guys who are maybe, okay, not quite a long shot, not quite the field favorite, but 10th hole, you mentioned him earlier, Emiliano Grillo has that nice intersection of course history and recent form. In six starts at El Camillion, he has four top 15 finishes, obviously really likes his golf course, and he's playing really well recently, two top fives in his last four starts. He's the type of player who we always know the ball striking is going to be there, Benny. The putter has often let him down. The putter has been a little bit better lately. He's not the type of guy that needs to get red hot with a putter. He can be tepid. He can be lukewarm with a putter and go out there and contend for a title. I think he's at least there for all four rounds this week. Maybe he doesn't get it done, but I've seen him up there as high as 35 to one in some books. I like that number a lot. And I will take a chance on him, not only outright, but up and down the board with props and even DFS as well. Yeah. I like that, mate. As I said, I used him earlier in the, the top five and top 10 markets. I think that, as you said, it's that perfect correlation of, Decent form at the course and decent form coming in. Not surprised at all if he's if he's holding the trophy at the end of this. I'll go into the top 10 plays then. I'll give you one guy who's obviously coming off a good week last week. Thomas Dietrich, I think at plus 400 is okay value. He, he's obviously in form coming in. He's played here once before last year. He was, I think, 22nd. Uh, you know, so not as big of a sample size as we just talked about with Greer, but, you know, same sort of idea half decent result of the course coming in with some form i think he can continue that going a, a guy who has more leans more towards the course history that i like at plus 600 is adam long he's been second and third and 22nd over the last three years there 600 for a top 10 i think he can keep his obviously love affair with el chameleon going you know there's a few others that are course history guys that we can look at we mentioned mcneely brendan todd's another who's won there and done well and always seems to be around the top 10 so if you want to look and see if you get value there and aaron rye was another one i was looking at at plus 650 he's only had one start t15 but i've seen glimpses out of him in person as i said in, in vegas when i was there and he just he strikes me as a guy that could is going to go if not win go very close very soon over the four days so i just didn't want to leave him out for the 12th hole, I've got two top 10 picks. Uh, I'll do one on the 12th hole, one on the 14th. My first one is a guy I expect to be very popular this week, Benny. Tom Hoagie has found yeah. something. He is on absolute fire right now. I expect him to be a popular play in all platforms this week. I'm going to have him for a top 10, like I said, at plus 300. If you haven't been paying attention, Tom Hoagie has played four times in the new season. He has not finished worse than... 13th place so far. He's third on the PGA Tour in strokes gained on approach shots. As we've seen, ball striking is of the utmost importance at Mayakoba this week. So I think Tom Hoagie, I would have liked a bigger number maybe a few weeks ago. He was a bigger number to finish in the top 10, but he's played so well that that number has shrunk. That's okay. I'm still going to jump on and chase it. Love it. Love it, mate. The 13th hole, top 20 market. I mentioned this guy earlier for a good value in top 40 at 175, I think it was. But Austin Eckrode at plus 500 for a top 20. I really like that. I said he's had one start here before. He was 12th. He's got some super talent. I think he can keep it on the map when he needs to around this joint. And I just saw that as value at 500. And another guy at 500, which is a bit more of a flip the coin and hope you get his best stuff, is CT Pan. He, he has two like out of his, two of his three starts here have been inside the top 16. So 500 is pretty good for a, a top 20. 
He was 45th last time out a year ago, but again, that shows he can get it around here and he's capable of obviously making the cut every often. Yeah, I, you know, he doesn't need to bomb it around this joint to, to get it done. I think if CT pans on, that's some value for that top 20 market. Yeah, I like CT pan a lot here this week. 14th all I mentioned, it, I had a second top 10 play. It's a guy that I liked a lot last week. There was no strokes gain data in Bermuda last week. And so, Benny, it's a little tough to tell just how much you like a guy based on how well he's playing, what he's doing right, what he's doing wrong. I will say, though, that Nick Hardy, first of all, had the fourth best score during the final round shot, five under 66, only beaten by three other players on Sunday. Secondly, for the entire tournament, finished in a share of 12th place as far as greens and regulation. Okay, that's sort of an old school stat. That's not strokes gained approach shots, which wasn't available, but it still tells us that Nick Hardy is hitting the ball well, and he found some form, especially on Sunday, which was a little bit windier. At plus 650, he's a guy that I liked last week, and I like him even more this week. I think he can finish in the top 10. I think he's got a chance of contending for a title very soon. Spoke with him on my SiriusXM PGA Tour radio show, Hitting the Green, a couple of weeks ago. Really nice kid, really likable. Seems like he's gaining confidence by the week, and so this should be a good one for him. Good stuff. I love it. All right, let's go to the 15th, trying to find a matchup somewhere or something where I could get some value for the folks. One that caught my eye, people might laugh at me because this guy has been pretty average for a year or so after having a really good go of it and making a right at Cup Team. Harris English fell off the map a little bit and mm-hmm. struggled. But at Mayakoba, he's got you know pretty decent record. He's obviously won there a long time ago. I think it was 2014 or 13 he won. But he has a, a, a number of decent finishes on the course. And he's the outsider to be, I think, at plus 330 on in matchups where he has to play up against Patrick Rogers, Justin Lower, Davis Riley, and Joel Damon. Again, it's just a matter of guy with decent form, a good number against only having to beat four other guys. I saw that as a possibly one to, to do a flyer on. There is another bet 365 bet that I'm going to have to be cryptic of, over because I don't advocate betting on guys to miss cuts. But there is a make or but there is a make or miss cut market, and if you want to start near the top of that and bring yourself down on the guys who may miss the cut and look for those plus numbers, there's someone that I might know pretty well that usually doesn't do well with a lot of water around that might catch your eye on a potential miss cut. I will not say the person's name; uh, they'll probably Australia, shoot me for doing. I, I will not be disclosing where they're from other than to Is say he a that, former number one player in the world <laughs> that uh, I just feel like that's a tough track potentially for that man to keep it dry all the time. I hope to be proven wrong, but I saw value there on the other side of the coin for those who are cluey enough to figure it out. Hmm. Why don't I just go with some <laughs> hay? I can make things out of clay. <laughs> I just may. Day by the day, I just may. What do you say? Yeah. I, I don't know what any of that rhymes with. I'm just trying to come up with something here. <laughs> oh, we get to the 16th hole. I appreciate you not getting yeah. that up, Danny. Uh, you wouldn't want to give up that information. 16th hole. I, I've got a top 20 play for you. When the okay. name Matt Kuchar comes up during my oh, league, geez. there's only one thing people are going to talk about. Yeah, okay, he stiffed his caddy a few years ago. He didn't stiff him. He just didn't pay him the going rate. I don't know why he did it. I don't think Matt knows why he didn't do it. He he made amends. Of course, he made amends after it went nuts on social media. And I suspect that if Matt Kuchar does find himself on the leaderboard this week, 
All the Twitter jokes are going to be flying his way. Ah, Matt Kuchar and Mayakoba gets another caddy's getting stiff this week. I don't know. I'd like to let Cooch move past that. I, I like Cooch, and he probably got what he deserved from the front end of this, but he's probably gotten more than he deserved afterwards because uh, he did, like I said, make amends afterwards. In any case, he's playing some decent golf right now. He's obviously played well on this golf course over the last handful of years. At 44 years old and one of the shorter hitters on the PGA Tour, Kuchar knows that there are only a certain amount of tournaments where he can still seriously contend. This has got to be one of them. I'm not going all in, but like I said, the top 20 at plus 190, I think is a nice number on Matt Kuchar this week. Yeah, mate, uh, he was on my radar on my list of people here. And I'll, I'll say this about that situation back in the day. I honestly believe he didn't think that there was anything like it. He didn't, He, you know, we're all in the golf bubble sometimes. And I think Kuchar was in the bubble. He'd made a deal with a guy. I'll pay you X for the week. They hadn't factored in that he was going to win. It was out of the blue, to be fair. And so he didn't really understand what was wrong with what had gone down. Now, look, he, to his credit, I remember being at the Sony Open, you know, a month later, where Cooch was again in the mix and won, I believe. And we were talking to him that week. And he, he said, once it sort of became in his consciousness and started, he started to figure that out, he could see other points of view. And that's when he realized he needed to sort of make amends a little bit and, and whatnot. So I don't think it was like an evil play or a deliberate thing or anything like that. I think he just it was outside of his normal bubble and he needed to sort of step back and see it from a wider perspective. So, and he was able to do that and adjust. And that says a lot when you can, you know, essentially admit where you may have been wrong and, and, and take care of things. So that was good of him then. All right, we're up to the 17th hole, my, my outright play. I'm surprised that I haven't heard this out of you, and maybe we will in the 18th hole, but because this is a guy you and I are very gung-ho on saying it's only a matter of time before he wins more and more often. But I am going the top play at the top of the board for the win here at Aaron Wise at, at 18 to 1 on bet 365. He's a guy that, you know, people sometimes confuse him a little bit with like Sam Burns. You know, Sam Burns has won all these times and Wise has came sort of through at the same time and probably could have easily have won as many times as Sam. And I, and I think, look, he's an elite player, but he just hasn't taken that that step. He's been in the top 15, three of the last four years at Mayakoba. Yeah, I can see this being a place where he does take that step. He does make the move and everybody starts realizing, oh yeah, that's right, Aaron Wise. He's pretty good. I love Aaron Wise. And one of the reasons I like Aaron Wise on a regular basis is because he's undervalued the marketplace. And yeah. so I look at Wise just about every time he tees it up and say, well, there's value there. He's got a chance of winning any week he tees it up. He's that good. I expect him to be a top 20 player in the world in the not too distant future. All of that said, Aaron Wise <laughs> opened with a shorter number than the two-time major champion top 10 player that I'm taking as my favorite outright this week, and that's Colin Morikawa. I get that yeah. Colin has played his best golf so far in the early part of the season. A couple of starts, a couple of finishes outside of the top 20, but he's still ranked in the top 10 in strokes gained ball striking. He's still a guy that, remember at the President's Cup, he said, yeah, I found my cut. I'm, I'm hitting it good now. And so I I look at him this week. I know we can look at other players, and you especially have mentioned a bunch of players who have played well here at El Chameleon in the past. Colin Morikawa is making his first start here. And I know some people might look at it and say, well, he's never been here. He doesn't have the experience. I look at the other side of the coin, Benny. He's never played here. So why would yep. Morikawa be showing up to Mayakoba this week? Well, maybe because... 
he's pretty hungry to not close out 2022 the calendar year without a victory doesn't have a win in this calendar year i i think it's coming i've thought it was coming for a while he opened at 20 to 1 if you got him there congratulations he's drifted a little bit shorter since then but again the reason I like Wise is because he's got a big number usually. Morikawa with an even bigger number is even more enticing for me. I'll take him as my favorite outright. Ball striker, right? Look at yep. who's won it the last two the last two years. Victor Hovland. Similar style in terms of like when they're on with their ball striking, they are elite at the top, top, top level of this game. And they only need half the putts to go in. Morikawa fits that bill. You're right. This might be a case of not really knowing the course could help. He'll be in a fresh frame of mind he's you know going to be there probably with his lovely partner and looking to have a nice week so I'm, I'm expecting that he could just weirdly pop out of nowhere and be the big man here so definitely not the worst idea to keep an eye on Morica he's one that I wanted to have a look at potentially if he slid but I can inform people that I just got an email while we were doing this he is part of the early Thursday wave so you might want to get on in pre-tournament rather than later. All right. That's good to know right <laughs> there. And one thing I pointed out about Morikawa, I wrote this about him recently, Benny, is that other than his initial victory where he was the pre-tournament favorite at the Barracuda, what, three years ago? His last four wins on tour, including his two major championship wins, were when his price got a little bit bigger and we weren't expecting as much from him. And all of a sudden, yeah. it's almost like he's looking at those odds himself going, oh, really? You're going to doubt me? Okay, this is going to be the week for it. And so this number isn't quite as big as what he had during the PGA Championship when he won that one at Harding Park or what he had at the Open Championship last summer. But it's still a pretty big number considering the field this week and considering a couple guys that are in front of him. I mean, really, Matt McNeely with a shorter number than Colin Morikawa. I will take <laughs> Morikawa every single time. He is a proven winner, a top 10 player. So we'll see how that plays out. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. For Ben Everell, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your bets for this week's Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba. Here's hoping you hit the green.